position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 327 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this Saturday, the 30th of January, 2021, at 22.22 p.m. Pacific Coast Time. Coast at the most left coast. Crack engineer, Ivor Molina. Why am I doing my Catherine Hepburn all of a sudden? No, I, yeah, as you said, feed me, Jack, and I was feeding you. You're my knight in shining armor, Ivor. Ivor Molina over there holding up the whiskey sign. Ivor, you're fired. Yeah, that's right, coming to you. Straight from the heart of Las Vegas, and here in the here in the PM, we're heading to the overnight hours with your best friend, Skooky Sprite, and his trusty sidekick. Ivor Molina, radio sensation and best loved America's sweetheart, Ivor Molina, the only zombie sweetheart ever to hold that position. Ah, Ivor, you have to go back to it. You have to go back to it. You have to go back on the road selling your body at every, every carny, every, uh, every, uh, hayseed county fair and carnival you can selling that beautiful zombie butthole of yours oh I 
Anyway, uh, so oh, and that would make it, of course, for our sequel friends. Uh, 2021, 12, 30, 22, 23 at this point. So there we go. Our formal business is out of the way. We, I had three different shows that we were going to do this week. I don't know how far we're going to go with the one that I've chosen, but we're going to try and give you an overview. Straight to our top stories. All the GameStop shit! So, we're going to start with that, and then this might be the only thing that's in this show. But we do have a bunch of games, and so I just want to mention them really fast for you. Next week, there if not this week, then at least next week, I mean, like, literally in this episode, there might be a review of Cyberpunk 2077. There might be. I cannot promise that. If it's not in this episode, it will be in next next week's episode, but I really want to cover the um, the GameStop shit, because it is so funny, and is the subject of so much confusion by so many people, and I want to set the record straight on that, and I'm not sure how long it's going to take to really drill down into all of it, but it's an amusing story, and it's very relevant, partially because, well, four years ago, I don't know, Oh, God, it feels crazy. Trump, time distortion, COVID syndrome, you know, this is how governments fall. Um, I'm going to say six years ago, it was about two years after my dad died, so six or seven years ago, I started working on a book about um, the importance of data, of informatics, and how it rules the world, and this GameStop story is tailor-made. It also illustrates, I think, um, how just like in many corrupt or semi-corrupt but endemically corrupt uh, systems, how the rules suddenly change where, you know, for our friends, anything, for our enemies, the law austerity for thee but none for me you know that's what the establishment says but before we get into that I want to just hit you with a couple of new games are new and noteworthy which we're going to shove right up in here in case it never gets mentioned again throughout the rest of the show because I don't know how much time we're going to have trying to make this as short an episode as possible but if we can get the whole thing done in in an hour then that would be good but it's probably going to if, if we go over 30 minutes with the GameStop stuff, then we're going to cut the episode short so that this will be a tight little nugget that you can either put into your brains or turn off without fear of missing any other content. So, there's some new and noteworthy games that came out this week. Uh, one, The Medium, which, as of now, has no ProtonDB reports, but is ripping up the charts or was ripping up the charts a couple days ago uh, after its release on Steam. Medium looks like a scary game. It's billed as horror, so I will not be playing it, but blah. There is a game that I did buy this week that is new and noteworthy from our friends over at Devolver Di- Digital. Olija! And I'll tell you what I told my friend uh, Splinter from the, the uh, within uh, Discord DMs all I said was, go play Olija. It has a free demo, and it runs great on Linux. It has a free demo on Steam right now. Olija. O-L-I-J-A. 
And all I said to him was, someone else played the games that I played. It's really good. Um, You'll hear a lot more about that game in coming episodes. And then there's also the intriguing looking blend of first person uh, Metroid. It looks a lot like Metroid for the GameCube. uh, Metroid Prime. One of the best games I've ever played in my entire life, by the way. Uh, Journey to a Savage Planet, which has grapple mechanisms. Um, it's a sing. I think it's. A, I'm pretty sure it's a single player game. Uh, it came out this week. Right now, no Proton DB reports for it are uh, as of yet available. Um, well, let me check right now. I haven't checked in the last like nine hours. Mm-hmm. Proton DB. Proton DB, I've all your fired for not doing this already. Journey of the Savage Planet is platinum. It says uh, some of the reports say it needs some work. That guy's on Ubuntu. He's using a ah once again. Friends and neighbors, remember what old, your old pal Skooky Sprite says. Skooky Sprite, who, in the rare instances where I've ever been wrong about anything, I have said, I was fucking wrong. Those are very rare. Hey, Ivor? Yeah, firing you is the best decision I made today. Um, Yeah, this guy who's got problems with it, he broke my number one rule. Do not try to run, Linux. Hello, humans. I am a Moonanite. Hello, humans. Uh, do not try to install a fucking Radeon GPU, an AMD GPU. What the fuck are you doing if you're going to run Linux? Yeah, so he's got some problems there. There's your problem. Uh, everyone else seems to have no fucking problems. So, yeah, that's Journey to a Savage Planet. I'm sorry for the, for the, um, for the constant interruptions here, my phone is... We got some news in the family that... Not bad news, but not great news. But everyone's talking about it, and I got trapped into one of those iPhone threads where someone created a group conversation that I am too lazy to get out of, and people just constantly, constantly messaging. All right. So, The Medium, Elijah, and Journey to the Savage Planet. There you go. I might be picking up Journey to the Savage Planet later tonight, but I'm so balls deep into 2077. I've decided one last note, then we'll get into this um, very... I think it's... I think if we can squeeze it into 30 minutes, we're going to cut it right there. Um, But uh, 2077, at this point I've realized that I have now played over 100 hours of this game across two different licenses using two different technologies, one on Stadia, one on Linux, and I don't know if I'm gonna... I don't know if I have the testicular fortitude to bring myself to beat the game because I like it so much. Um, It took me 16 years to bring myself to beat Fallout 2. I just kept starting new games. Every time I got to, you know, point of no return, I would just start a new game. Or I would let it sit on, you know, on the hard drive for a bunch of years, or I would lose it, you know, as I built another computer. And then only because of my book, Blue Wizard is About to Die, only for the sake of completeness 
of the appendices did I finally bring myself to beat that game because that's my favorite game of all time 2077 is a lot like that I mean 100 hours in on this show when I log 20 hours in to a game the rule is here's the editorial rule for Best Links Games Podcast for those of you who haven't been listening for that long the rule is this and it's and we have rules to protect us our editorial fucking policy is we do not review a game one normally I start with the hours in this in these rules but it's it's more elegant if I express it like this one if I know what the fuck everything is about in the game if I feel I have gotten a good enough impression of the game then two it must pass one or both of the following requirements and these are the pernicious requirements the first is at least 20 hours spent playing the game the second is if the game is shorter than 20 hours if you've beaten the game but the first rule must be observed the first condition must be met and the second condition either or or both of the second conditions must be met it's good to have an editorial policy and that's been the policy that we've flown with since our first I think our first month of doing this seven years ago Jesus Christ so at a hundred hours I can't justify just keep playing this game especially I'm not sure if I'm going to beat it because I really want to start a new character right now I know I'm very far in this in, in this particular save but anyway um, it's time to review it so if it's not this week it will be next week alright so our top stories that's everything uh, and we're and again we're covering the um, GameStop thing which we're presenting as a story in two parts covered here because of its relationship to data science video gaming in general and reddit and that whole reality distortion thing where certain people feel the rules do not apply to them but apply to everybody else unless they need them to apply to everybody else and not to them which is not fair and it's not how you run a country, a government, a business a stock market a legal system um or a free and democratic society that uh, places people on an equal playing field under the auspices of the rule of law and uh, regulatory um, what do you call it? Regulatory what's the word? Not provisions, regulatory uh, regulations, but yeah, re- re- regulations there you go because like laws are for criminal stuff but regulations are for the rules of agencies like the FEC and the Security Exchange Commission. But anyway, so I will blast him with the feature. Who do you think? Oh my god, it's Bolivians. Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature, I can't read you. I can't read you, I can read your mind. Take it, Kooky. Alright, so. The GameStop. The 
let's just call it GME, GameStop, a story in two parts. Part one is the short. So, in order to understand this entire fucking GameStop situation, you have to understand what short selling on the stock market is here in America. Now, I'm sure that a lot of you, because we attract very smart listeners, probably know this stuff. I am not an expert in financial or legal advice. Do not try to sue me, but I do know what a short sell is, and I'm going to explain it to you, because some people who don't understand it will not get what the fuck is going on with the GameStop thing until they do. So, short selling... We're going to try to keep this brief, because it's not a stock market show, but short selling is where individual investors or brokerages, and by brokerages, I generally mean hedge funds, so big conglomerations of money, capital, stocks, and, you know, etc., who deal intensively in the stock market and make bets uh, for their clients' portfolios uh, short selling is where investors take the opposite position of the market in a stock, in an individual stock. So, I'm sorry, I'm getting all these messages even now on my iPad. I'm trying to shut it. I'm trying to lock it down! Chewy! Chewy, I'm trying to lock it down! I just got this bucket of balls back together! I'm I'm going in! Why can't I fucking figure out where on the goddamn iPad this... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh my god, I hate the world. Oh, there it is. There we go. Alright, we are in do not disturb mode now. Shit, that was a big pain in the ass. Sorry about that. So, short selling is where investors, uh, either individual investors or, you know, on behalf, uh, via their broker or hedge funds, um, take the opposite position on a stock. Now, what do I mean by that? The traditional position when when you go into the stock market, when you want to buy a stock, is to find something that you know is going to rise in value. And then you buy a share of that stock, and then you watch it rise in value. So you buy, you buy low, sell high. The opposite is true in short selling. So, what is a short sell? Short selling means it's a bet. It's not a buy. It is a bet. So let's say you know um, of a stock that uh, due to, you know, whatever is coming down the pike, like either like maybe a regulatory decision or maybe, you know, a vast fucking global pandemic or um, or uh, some sort of legal decision that looks like it's going to go against them is going to come out soon like you know like you know they, like they have a civil class action lawsuit against them for 300 billion dollars and you know they're they're in arbitration over it and you have a pretty good inkling that they're going to lose that and it's going to really affect their market capitalization market cap is uh the uh the amount of money in terms of stock that is invested in any given stock 
capitalization. Um, it's not real money. It's not money that the company really has. It's money on the market that the the rest of the world thinks the company is worth. So let's say you know that this, well, you think you know, you're predicting, you're making a bet. That's the key word. Isn't going to go up, but is going to go down because of this horrible bad news. Or, you know, you expect the quarterly reports to be way weaker than, uh, expected, you know, uh, last quarter, you know what I mean? Um, so what do you do? How do you profit off of that, um, that, that suspicion, that, uh, that, um, intuition, that analysis, there we go. The market wants you to be able to profit off of that, theoretically, Short selling is not for the individual investor, generally speaking. Short selling is for actual hedge funds and major brokerages for reasons that you'll you'll soon see as we go through this explanation of what short selling is. If you know all this, then tune in next week and we'll talk more about Linux gaming. But this is such a fascinating story because it's, it's hilarious. It involves everything. Every element of all the stuff from my book. Um, so, the market... The, market wants you to be able to capitalize off of this instinct because your instinct and everyone's instinct is essentially what makes other than actual fucking brass tacks widgets and um, uh, bottom lines is what moves money around so people with a more staid and steady position like let's say you have a 401k uh, you know you have a guy who manages that 401k uh he's part of a hedge fund or major brokerage and he manages your investments for you and he, you know you can't call him though because he manages the funds investments for hundreds of thousands of views you know what I'm saying? and that gives them the the ability to easily make short sells and stuff like that individual brokers themselves make huge amounts of money off of short sales so what is a short sale? You know that the stock is going to go, you think you know that the stock is going to go down, not up. So you don't want to buy it. What you want to do is short sell it. And the process of short selling works like this. It's where brokerage temporarily loans, loans the amount of stock, loans the amount of individual shares to the investor who wants to short sell the stock. Brokerages have shares of stock holdings, you know, in their own personal brokerage war chest portfolios, um, in their own holdings uh, that they can use for this, because they have to loan you a share. They're issuing you a loan for a share. They're not issuing the share. They're borrowing the share. And they're loaning it to you. So, if they don't have it in their, you know, in their own portfolio, in in, in the in the the brokerage or, or hedge funds portfolio of private of, of their of their own stock, they can also search through the portfolios of all of their clients. And these hedge funds have hundreds of thousands of clients, um, 
and if you know they're managing that portfolio, then they can pull the shares from there. They're not taking the shares away. They're borrowing, they're loaning the shares. So the idea is oh, and failing that, they can also go to other brokers and brokerages and ask them if they can find the shares. They need to find the shares somewhere. If you want to short a stock, you have to be able to find the shares. Your broker has to be able to find the shares. So, in exchange for loaning the shares, whoever they borrow the shares from, they get a, a they get a fee for loaning that share. So it's like, uh, you know, it's it's a pittance. It's, you know, whatever. It's it's nothing. And the reason why this works, well, ostensibly why this works is it, it is it increases fluidity in the market. So someone's got a stayed position in a, you know, whatever, technology portfolio, let's say in a 401k. That stock isn't going anywhere. It's not moving. It's not being traded. So why not reward someone who's willing to risk trading on it? And this is the thing about short selling is it's incredibly risky. And I'll explain why and just how risky it is in a moment. But so that money isn't doing it. That, that share isn't doing anything. <coughs> Meanwhile, you are a, you got this, you think you have the market sussed for this particular stock. You want to do something with that stock, but you don't want to buy it because you think it's going to go down and not up. So you borrow the share via, via the broker. And that is what he short. Oh, and so you pay them a small commission. It's very small. It's not even a percent. I don't even think it's a percentage of based off the the shares. It depends. I, like I said, I'm not a stockbroker. I don't understand or know about the in depth way that fucking over the counter paper works in terms of short selling. I don't, you know, I'm not with the FEC. Uh, <laughs> FDIC. Uh, okay, so the idea is that when you short a stock, you're you're betting on it to go down. So let's say, let's let's talk about a concrete example. So let's say you short a stock trading at like a hundred bucks. You call your broker, like I I want to short um you know this stock, GameStop, for instance. And let's say it's trading at a hundred bucks. So and you know that would be a good bet because you're thinking that the COVID epidemic probably has had a pretty negative impact uh, on the value of GameStop because the company's reliance on the fact that it's a fucking physical brick and mortar meat space retail outlet with broad exposure to like all the problems that uh, physical places where people congregate in small retail uh retail spaces due to the COVID epidemic. Um, and it'll negatively impact the value of the company's reliance there, thereof, which they can't escape from either. It's not like they can offload all of these stores. So they're going to get hit, right? So you, you say, let's short GameStop for 100 bucks. Can you find me the shares? You know, sh- short one share of GameStop at 100 bucks. Your broker goes and finds the share. He will find the share and you'll go, okay, fine, you're cool. He then credits that $100 to your account. Even though he's 
loaning you a share, he credits a hundred bucks to your account at the brokerage because he knows that the share is temporary. It's it's on loan. This is the nature of the short. So let's say, let's say, uh, eventually, you know, next week, next month, the stock goes down to 70 bucks. The news breaks, the stock goes down to 70 bucks. Or there's a panic on the market and the stock goes down to 70 bucks. What happens then is, and this is a technical description of it, more or less, um, and I'm not drunk at all yet, so we need more booze to help cover my... Because mm. this is confusing, and I always get confused uh, with this particular aspect of the transaction, because so the stock's gone down to 70 bucks. You shorted it at a hundred. What you then do is you sell back the share that you borrowed. You sell it back for 70 for a hundred bucks, and you buy a share off the market, off the normal market for $70, and you get to keep the difference, minus, you know, brokerage fees and whatever. Um, so you made 30 bucks by betting that a stock would decrease in value, and without you ever buying the stock until you complete the bet. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, let's say you, you let's say that 30, that 70 bucks, you know, you invested 100 bucks, let's say 70 bucks isn't enough for you, and you think that there, it could go lower, well then you can, you know, just stay with the stay with the loan, the, with the borrowed share, but eventually you will have to buy back that share to close the short sale, so and you have to buy it back at whatever the current market value is this is why it's so risky, so Bottom line is the stock you shorted is the bet, and you you sell the shares on loan, then buy back the same number of shares at the new price, which are then returned to whoever loaned the originals, and you get to pocket the difference uh, for having placed a bet and won. Problem with short selling is that it's super fucking risky. So, like I said before, when you buy a, a a share of stock, when you buy a share in a company on the stock exchange you are also making a bet but you're making a bet that that share is going to go up in value there is no limit theoretically to like the amount of money you could make off that single share like if you held it for a, a thousand years if you bought Microsoft in you know 1990 or Google in 2000 you know well, 40 years later you're fucking rich um it's not so much a bet as a purchase. Shorting is the opposite. The most money you can hope to make is the price at which you shorted the stock at. In this case, a hundred bucks. If the stock doesn't go down, though, if it doesn't go down to whatever your target is, at which point they call that covering the short. You cover your position, but and that's the whole little dance of where you know the the you sell the the share that you borrowed at 
market va- at current market value and buy back a replacement share at current market value and that gets returned you keep the difference of the money that ca- the share gets returned to whoever you borrowed it from or whoever you know blah if the stock goes up instead of down you are on the hook for the market price when you go to cover your position on that short so let's say you buy a uh, one share you have your broker buy or you have your broker short one share of GameStop and the stock doesn't go down over the next you know two weeks or whatever like you thought it would it instead goes up let's say it goes up to 120 bucks in that case what you have to well you don't have to do anything you can stick on that position if you think that it will eventually go down but the most money you can make off of that is the difference between whatever the current market value the future market value of the stock is versus what you paid for it so let's say after two weeks it goes up to 120 and you're like fuck well I'm you're now 20 bucks in the hole you don't just you owe 20 dollars on that paper that on that stock you owe 20 bucks to get out and let's say you want to get out because the the news broke but then through fearless leadership or whatever and you know whatever they announce a bold new plan to restructure the company and then the stock splits because they get bought by somebody big you know whatever um and now instead of 120 bucks a share and now instead of $100 a share it's now trading at $300 a share that means you owe $200 now unlike the profit which is unlimited when you buy a, a, a share of stock when you short a share of stock the profit is limited to whatever your original purchase price was but the amount that you can lose the amount that you in the short can owe when you decide to cover that position either to get out or to cash in your winnings to cut to stop the bleeding or to cash in, in your winnings whichever way the market goes that amount that you can owe is unlimited it's the opposite of when you buy a stock when you buy a stock the amount of money you can lose is limited to the price you paid when you bought the actual the actual stock the actual share, you know what I'm saying? You spend hundred bucks, you buy it for hundred bucks. It's yours. You can't lose more than hundred dollars on it. You can lose all one hundred dollars, but you can't lose negative money. This is why it's a bet, and why it's so risky, because it can. The bleeding may never stop. Let's say it's 1990, and instead of buying a share of Microsoft, you think that this whole Microsoft thing is gonna go nowhere, and that they're going to collapse or like you know during the um uh the uh the trade practices the monopoly hearings uh with Bill Gates i think that was you know it was around 99 right i know the eu got to them first but anyway that's going to negatively impact the stock but let's say you didn't let's say you thought that it would go lower well at that point you are on the hook for every dollar in value that stock adds 
over time. You can wait for forever. I think, I mean, I, I, there are terms for shorting. Like there, sometimes, uh, but it depends on the quantity and it's all broker speak that I don't understand and I don't I don't know the regulations or the law. So I best not opine on that. But there, it doesn't matter. Like if you waited five years on that short, well, you now owe for like a hundred bucks. Well, now Microsoft is trading at, you know, 15,000 or whatever, you now owe $14,999, you know, $900. So, you have to pay the difference to get out of that position. And if you wait another, you know, year or whatever, and it it keeps going up, you owe more and more and more and more and more and more. And so that's what makes it super fucking risky and why it's generally considered the provenance of hedge funds and major brokerages because, one, they know people and understand the system to be able to do this quickly and efficiently quickly and efficiently in ways that, you know, normal over-the-counter people like me can't do. Day traders, other people, you know, small-time individual investors who, you know, like to take a position in, you know, I, I I own some ETF. I own some stock and some ETFs and uh, stuff, but I don't have any real major hedge funds. I, I own sector stocks, but I do own a decent portfolio of very under, of very poorly performing traditionally uh, stocks. And I like to take. Sometimes I'll buy. I'll make investments on penny stocks that are just funny, and I'll just leave them hanging around in my portfolio for forever because it doesn't matter, you know, until they go down to absolute nothing and the company gets liquidated. Sometimes you never know what might happen, and that is the idea of investment. Like, there's one stock that I know. I don't really know what they do in terms of weed, but they're called Mankind, and for the first year that I held them, I bought them, I bought like 100 shares, like 20 bucks. First year that I held them, all that happened was they lost money. And it was impossible because like every day, mankind was going down in flames. Well, they, whatever it was that they were working on, got bought by a bigger company and, and mankind survived uh, but now got a huge cash infusion as the entire market realized that whatever it is that they do is something that is good and has value and mankind is last time I checked, mankind was up and I almost shit my pants went up by like, you know 7 cents or whatever that one time mm. who knows how it's trading right now I try not to look at my portfolio ever unless I'm going to buy that's the only time I try to look at my portfolio so this gets us to what a short squeeze is. Short squeeze is where stock gets heavily shorted by the broker, by by the hedge funds and stuff to the point where there aren't enough shares left on the market to cover the demand for more shares to short. And if the stock rises in that scenario, if the stock, which is so heavily short, all the smart, quote unquote, smart money on Wall Street is betting against this stock, to the point where there are no more shares that you can borrow to short it more if in that case the stock rises in value all of the short sellers lose their fucking minds because they all have to scramble to cover their position, to cut their losses to stop the bleeding they have to buy back those shares 
but they are now hostages to the short that they created because there are no more shares available. And that causes the market, and that's because the market itself at that point is buying them. And there's, so there's no more shares, which only further increases the um, the value, the 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 market cap, the 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 price on Wall Street for a share of that stock. Um, and so it makes it more and more expensive to escape the bet you made, and this can happen overnight. And there are, and this is hedge funds, brokers. This is how they make their fucking money by shorting, by fucking over everybody on short sales, by selling stocks short. And so let's bring it back to GameStop because we only got 20 more minutes. So the case of GameStop, which has been struggling like long before COVID, like years before COVID, came, you know, because Amazon was eating its, eating its lunch and taking it to the fucking cleaners every quarter. But then COVID hit, and hedge funds sensed the blood in the water, sensed that GameSpot would GameStop would be going down, and they took huge positions shorting the stock. And word of this reached a goofy stock thread, uh, a, a subreddit on Reddit called uh, Wall Street Bets. It had a couple thousand users on it, and they decided, as just like you know, a goof they decided to try to buy a lot of shares over the counter using just traditional like E-Trade, Robinhood, whatever, individuals just investing their money. You know, they were like, ah, we should all buy GameStop. And they did. And they did this because it was so cheap. They did this in quantities large enough and then they did it for so long and in quantities large enough that the market began to notice because GameStop started to go up in tiny ticks. That brings us to December, when everybody and their brother, except for me and Master Splinter, uh, knew about the Wall Street Bets, you know, subreddit. It's it, you can it's publicly available knowledge. You can go on there right now. I was just on there a minute ago, um, looking at to see how many members they had. Mm. So everyone and their brother now knows, and it's all of a sudden, like other hedge funds started to start buying actual shares of GameStop, and that was at the start of December. From, okay, so at the start of December, GameStop's market capitalization was $2 billion. It went up 1,700% to this week to $24 billion. If you were shorting that stock, you have now experienced like the long night of the soul, the fucking open the window, goodbye cruel world, I want off this merry-go-round, I'm jumping from the 33rd floor, not including the mezzanine, and I am fucking painting the street with myself, because I now owe of a my hundred dollar, you know, my hundred dollars short, let's say, I now owe like two thousand four hundred dollars just to get out from underneath this. Now we all know that the stock basically it doesn't probably doesn't have a bright future, but it does have enough market cap that you know 
$2 billion is nothing to sneeze at. They can make lots of moves, and they could restructure and etc. So this is just... It's a goof. It's a goof. It was a goof, and then the same people who were trying to short the market, competing money came in, and then they started buying shares, and now they can't get out from under their own shorts. It's a short squeeze of epic proportions, which these guys do to each other all the fucking time. And normally, it's the it's what they call the dumb money, the Wall Street Wolf Wall Street brokerages and hedge funds and the assholes that run them call you know normal small time investors like me dumb money because we like to run to certain things in individual stocks and blah 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 blah. But meanwhile, these guys clean us out all the time. Not just individual investors, but you know other competing. It is the American people who get screwed in the stock market. Meanwhile, these guys are all doing insider trading and all sorts of not just gray area shit, but fucking blatantly illegal shit with each other because they can get away with it. Because there is no real oversight, and especially not over the last four years. So I personally find the fact that you know, 2,000 investors on this uh, fucking subreddit have now short squeezed these major hedge funds who are now screaming from the bottoms of their rectums please god how could this happen to me I know this week they lost 5 billion dollars the hedge funds because of this short squeeze because they have to buy back they have to buy back they bought it 2 billion and that's 24 billion (laughs) and these are on huge positions huge positions. These are not one share for one investor. These are 100,000 shares spread across entire portfolios. And the brokerage has to cover the fucking cover the fucking bet. Mm. So, this brings us oh, well, no, not yet. So, here's the deal, though. There is nothing illegal in publishing market advice predictions, analysis to as many people as you like or to as few people as you like um let, let me give you a concrete example, like let's, let's say you have an investment club with your friends or co-workers let's say you and you know, your neighborhood uh, form an investment club you and your neighbors or like you and everyone you meet at baseball games for your home team uh, you know, you all end up sitting in the same section. You're like, hey, oh yeah, buddy, what do you know? Oh, I'm a, yeah, I'm a day trader. Oh yeah, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, so all of a sudden, you have you know 50 friends who listen to you, and you guys all talk stocks or whatever. Um, or maybe you run a cable news TV show on like CNN or CNBC, and you give advice on stocks and analysis on stocks. You know, always with a disclaimer that you are not, uh, you know, you, you bear no legal responsibility or liability for, you know, what you may lose or whatever. Investment is a risky business and you should know the risks and consult with your broker or fiduciary or financial manager or whatever, professional, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there's nothing illegal in that. Or if you have a blog, like let's say, oh, hmm, the Motley Fool who started off as a blogger. Where, you know, you, uh, you, you where, <laughs> or you make your living selling subscriptions 
to your weekly market analysis email newsletter, which contains your picks for the hot stocks for the next week, or or you post maybe on a subreddit and you say something like, dudes, we should all goon swarm GameStop. It's trading way low. It's going down, but it's being shorted like a motherfucker up the asshole. We should all invest in GameStop. It'll be hilarious. Let's see how far we can fucking push it. Nothing is illegal in any of those things. In fact, uh, you're at a wedding and you tell two people about this great investment opportunity and it gets to the best man who concludes his drunken toast to 2,000 fucking assembled wedding guests. Ah, you know, I love you. I love these guys. This beautiful fucking couple. I was asking like that, but alright, I'm talking to Lord. Everyone, go out and buy shares in Best Links Games Podcast. Your ticket assembled BLGP. We'll all be rich. Mazel tov! Nothing illegal in that. That is how free markets work, or are supposed to work, ostensibly pseudo-laissez-faire regulated commercial markets and democratic fucking societies work like that. Opinion and analysis drives the actual valuation based on supply and demand for the shares, based on the actual uh, reality of the uh, the numbers. The idea is that opinions and analysis are what drive the fucking market. Short selling is doesn't do anything for anyone other than the person. It destroys the business and it sh- and it and it does nothing for anyone other than the person who is shorting the stock. And when you have broad fucking huge hedge funds controlling tons of money shorting these stocks. It's like a rape machine. So, I find it hilarious to see Wall Street hedge fund people crying. Crying, oh my god, how could you do this to me? This is unfair. That's what they're all saying. This is unfair. And you'll find two people who say that things are unfair when they aren't. People who lose and are bad losers and dictators. People who believe that the law, the rules apply to thee, but not to me. For our friends, anything for our enemies, the law. Austerity for thee, motherfucker, but not for me. So, they're shitting themselves. And the same system they've used to rapaciously fuck over little guys endlessly suddenly doesn't spit out endless money for them, but instead hits them with a bill and they get furious. This is the, and that's the risk in short selling. You, as my father would say, you pays your fucking money, you takes your chances, and these guys especially knew the risk with short selling. And so that brings us to part two, and I guess we've gone on for too long, so I'll make part two short, but that's what happened. So all the people in, in, uh, in, uh, Wall Street bets, Started bet started buying via you know normal day trader stuff like Robinhood, which also lets you pick a free stock when you sign up. Used to one of the big deals was earlier this week after they start suspending trading on GameStop, Robinhood itself and several other retail you know like cell phone style brokerages like uh, E-Trade and etc. started suspending trading 
where you could only hold or sell on GameStop because it had gone up so humongously in value and there was suspicion that this was GameStop folding to the hedge markets uh, who were so pissed and they are so pissed they want investigations you know these guys who will not will say oh no 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 we just blew up the entire fucking economy in 2008 no one went to jail by for that by the way and all of it was illegal all of it was illegal no one went to jail and the American people lost their homes and then paid to bail out the fucking Wall Street fucking brokerages that engineered this fucking catastrophic nightmare that wiped out fucking 20 trillion dollars worth of value from the market and where that money come from it came from people like you and me and then it came from us again in the form of our tax dollars when we bailed them all out and no one was held responsible no one went to jail by the way if you want to read a great history of what happened in 2008 check out Matt Taibbi's The Divide it's a great book so these same fuckers who have to be made whole if they lose a dollar. These same fuckers are putting every pressure. They demand no oversight. They say that they do everything right. It's too complicated for anyone in in, in government from the Security Exchange uh, Commission all the way through to uh, uh, Elliot Spitzer, who they fucking destroyed. That was a setup, by the way. What happened to Elliot Spitzer? Because he, w- he was cracking down on the securities. Because he he was the uh, um, locally whoever whoever has jurisdiction over physical Wall Street firms makes a lot of policy about how those firms can act and behave. The 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 Fed does a lot um, on the macro side, and then there's you know other agencies in between, like the now. I I wonder if we're going to bring back the Consumer Finance Protection Board. Which we should. But anyway, bottom line is this. Nothing illegal happened here. The hedge fund motherfuckers got fucked. They got hoisted on their own petard. And now they're bitching and moaning because I owe so much! How could this have happened? I'm not supposed to lose! Yeah, I know it's the rules, but those only apply when I win! That is not what happened. That's not why Robin Hood suspended trading and I'm going to tell you why, and I heard this straight from the horse's mouth, I heard this from the CEO of Robin Hood on uh, Cuomo Primetime earlier this week, I think it was on Thursday because they function as an intermediary between a broker and the actual uh, over-the-counter individual investor, meaning me, people like me, individuals they have to actually pay a fee themselves they are on the hook for the fee for high volume trading and the more high volume it gets the higher their fee is which is why they had to they suspended trading for a day and this is you could if you had another broker theoretically or if you were a huge hedge fund you could buy and sell as you pleased, but if you if you know you're like me and you only have Robinhood or and E-Trade, I have both. Um, I have accounts in both. Um, they had to suspend it for Robinhood because 
the volume was so high and the short squeeze was so brutal that they couldn't, the fees went up on them to actually allow trades on Robinhood from the broker, from the brokerages that they use to actually buy and sell the actual stocks. Robinhood doesn't actually do that. They are a, a brokerage, but that's not, they are regulated as a brokerage and they have to meet certain legal obligations, including covering these fees and the ability to do it, which is why they suspended trading for a day. They pulled a $2 billion loan out of their ass to recapitalize themselves to, because, you know, they're aware that this is, this doesn't look that great for them. I still believe in Robinhood. Robinhood is great. Robinhood's a great way to get into investing. Um, and they give you a free stock, which is fun because, and you can watch it, you know, it's real. It's a real free stock. You get to pick it when you set up an account with them. They're very easy to use. They're ubiquitous. And it's because of the availability of these types of cell phone, um, app style, uh, access to the stock market that they have democratized, uh, the market where if you, you know, even as an individual, you can do your own research, you can make a lot of money, you can, or like me, you can lose a lot of money all the time. Um, but I, I, I look at stock, I mean, all my money, well, I, we don't need to talk about that, but I mean, I, I have stocks in some video game companies and stuff like that, but uh, that's what happened this week. And so, now, Wall Street has to deal with, wow, we just got fucked Someone just spun the game around and fucked us the way we've been fucking everyone, and we're so pissed and we're buttered, and there might be no depth. Of course, when the sell-off occurs, because this is a bubble, like, I don't think the fundamentals of GameStop are that sound, and as people, you know, learn this, and especially now that the price is so high to buy actual stock in GameStop, um, you can expect to see it deflate rapidly, uh, but all of these brokers, and you know, these brokers should have kept their fucking mouths shut and they should have just ridden it out. But they couldn't do that because they lost. And they're furious. And they, they're crying, oh, it's all illegal. It's market manipulation. Any market manipulation, buddy, it's called fucking strong intelligence and getting outplayed. So there you go. Now you know everything about the GameStop short. And how it got turned around. By the way, there uh, in Matt Taibbi's book, The Divide, there are about half a dozen stories of shit like this, of short selling, where the people who put the short in then actively try to destroy the business by any way possible. And we're talking about destroying a business via reputation, by leveraging every contact, every media hookup they can, spreading endless rumors, and then going insofar as to uh, detail private detectives, stalkers, and harassment people, like fucking terrorists, to targeted individual aspects of the command and control structure in terms of the CEO, CFO, etc. of the businesses that they wanted to fail because they had taken out bets and they wanted to make their 10 bucks per share to the point where they were destroying legitimate businesses whenever and whenever they could by using overwhelming monetary and market force to destroy those companies. And this has been a common practice in the United States 
for decades now, and the one time it goes against them and they're crying foul. I find it beautiful, and I think it's a testament to crowdsourcing. What started off as a goof became, in one sense, a broader revenge kind of thing, but in a bigger sense, has now become an opportunity to have this conversation with ourselves, which we probably won't do, but because we got we're tearing our country apart as we speak and everything must go as we descend into the darkness of fascist anarchy um, and race wars, which, oh my god, you know, and COVID and the economy's imploding. But it is an object lesson and it should be taken as an object lesson about the market and about why actual regu- you know, about why this is kind of a scuzzy practice to begin with. Um, and yeah, and should be more heavily regulated, but not because of what GameStop, not because of what Wall Street Bets did, but because of the giant positions that these hedge funds were allowed to take. It's kind of very similar to the credit default swap, CDO, a collateralized debt obligation crisis from 2008, where they blew up the entire economy by spreading the risk systemically by issuing fucking loans to people who had no money just so they could. Uh, burnish their own commissions and get bigger bonuses for sign up for signups, and so they fucking broke every law. They 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 could out oh, fucking no one will know. Yeah, well, dead men tell no tales. You pays your money, it takes your chances. I'll be back here next week with our review of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. And spoiler alert, it is a phenomenal game. Cheers! Thanks for listening. Don't buy GameStop. Don't buy GameStop, but uh, but if you're interested in investing, sign up on Robinhood. They um they they make it very easy, and if you have like you know fifty bucks, I think it's like I don't even think you need any real money to get the free stock. But who knows how long that'll be going? Because now all of the big money, all the smart money on Wall Street, is going to spend the next year trying to destroy and once again curtail the freedom of in, it, literally the freedom to participate in the market on an individual basis of every individual investor and it's going to be hilarious and in this administration if this had happened four months ago it would have this would be a catastrophe because the Trump administration which was not interested in governing at all and always takes the side of corruption always took the side of corruption always took the side of corruption to the point where they've spread it endemically throughout the actual United States government um, they would have just gone ballistic over this because chances are Trump would have lost some money and that's unacceptable cheers thanks for listening hope it wasn't too boring for you tried to keep it exciting but I thought an explainer was in order next week it'll be the best Links games podcast again Business bad? Fuck you, pay me. Oh, you had a fire? Fuck you, pay me. Place got hit by lightning, huh? Fuck you, pay me. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. This is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. 
He's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. Hello, great justice.